0: By about six to eight weeks, you start seeing like the melatonin or the sleepy hormone production happen. And that's when newborns can start really um, putting a day versus a nighttime sleep together. Um, and so, usually around three to four months is where they go through that brain transition, more towards an adult sleep cycle, where they start having stages of cycles, and that's ideally when you can can sleep train.
1: Welcome to the Messy Mom Podcast by Fit Mama in 30, where we are all about ditching the idea of perfection during motherhood and embracing the messy, ranging from topics about pre and postnatal health, infertility, mom guilt, and the craziness that comes with raising a family. Get ready for 30 minutes of real, raw, and messy content. Let's work to embrace the messy together. Hey, hey, mamas, and welcome to another episode of the Messy Mom Podcast. Today, Carrie and I are so excited because we have a special guest joining us today. Her name is Kendra Dove and she is a certified sleep consultant, physician assistant, owner and founder of Dovely Dreams. And she is going to be talking about how to get your baby to sleep, something I will be listening to very closely (laughs) Um, as we all know that I'm having a baby in like three weeks or really anytime. So welcome (laughs) to the show, Kendra. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so
0: much for having me. I'm so excited to spend some time talking about something that I love, which is sleep. Well, good. I'm glad that you love
1: it. Yeah, I love sleep too, uh, but I'm glad that you love sleep, especially how to get babies, infants, and kids to sleep because like I said, I'm going to need all the info I can get (laughs) for sure. Um, So let's kind of just dive right on in here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, interests, hobbies, all the things. Yeah, I live in the Indianapolis area.
0: Um, I've been married to my husband for the last eight years, and we have uh, one son. His name is Drake, and he will actually be turning two in July. Um, We also have a Yorkie poo named Boston who we got um, as soon as we were together. So he is kind of growing old with us. Aww. That's uh, like my life. That's yeah, yeah too. I have the same thing. <laughs> yeah, Carrie has a worki poo too. He, oh cool. yeah, he um he's finally coming along um to <laughs> to Drake. It's taken a few years, um but they finally play together and and love each other. so that's been fun. How you're old is you're Boston? ahead of
2: schedule because
0: my daughter took five years to get. oh along wow. With the dog. wow.
2: Okay, so it was, yeah. It was a process. Well,
0: <laughs> yeah, Boston is going to be 10 here soon. Um and um he's definitely slowing down a little bit and so I think, you know, as Drake has gotten really mobile and a little crazy, <laughs> uh Boston at first wasn't quite sure, but he's starting to really enjoy him more,
1: so. Oh good. Yeah. Yeah, you got eight, 8 years of your life like you know, with just mom and dad. And then all of a sudden you throw this baby and he's probably like, what is this thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> why is <isn't laughs> it, it here? Is. Why isn't it leaving? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
0: Yep. Um, but yeah, like uh, Bailey said, I um work as a physician assistant. I still currently work in the medical field part time. And then um I'm also a certified pediatric sleep consultant, which I'm super excited about that in my business. Um. Hobbies, I love to spend time with my family and friends. I um, think a, a social network is super important. Um, so we spend a lot of our time with a toddler exploring new things, um, exploring the outdoors, new parks, any kind of new venues around the indie area. Um, he's at such a great fun age that everything's so exciting to him that we just like love creating new experiences and watching that with him so we spend a lot of our free time doing that type of thing Um, I love doing flowers and plants and landscaping and we actually just got done doing a huge landscaping project at our house so that was
1: um, really fun but we're super glad that it's over (laughs) (laughs) wow what does that what does that consist of I'm just curious
0: Yeah, we tore out – so we moved into our house a year ago, and it was a, um, like, builder-grade – landscaping. So we ripped out the whole front of all of that, that was put there. And then there was no kind of landscaping along the side of our house, which is actually what people see when they drive up. And so we wanted to hide all of the air conditioning and the, the ugly stuff per se. And so we basically dug out a whole bed along the side of our house and put in brand new landscaping along that side too. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah.
1: that sounds like a lot of work. It was. It definitely was. (laughs) You got it done, though, at like the perfect time before it starts to get super hot here, I feel like. So that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, super cool. I also love your son's name, Drake. I do, too. I was just going to say that. Really cute. Oh, thank you. Right when you said that, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so cute. Not very common. One of
0: our hardest things um, before becoming parents. Um, We did find out the gender. I know a lot of people aren't doing that these days, but we did find out the gender because my husband's kind of such a planner brain Mm -hmm. and um, he was really picky. And so we struggled. In fact, in when we went into labor, we didn't have a name picked out. We had it narrowed down. And then as I was in labor, they, you know, my nurse was like, what, what's the name? And I just screamed it out. And my husband was like, okay,
1: I guess (laughs) we're going it. That's (laughs) funny. That's awesome. Yeah, good thing he didn't like (laughs) say like, wait, really, or (laughs) have any pushback against that. That's so funny. I love that. Go with your gut for sure.
2: Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Well, let's dive in to. What Bailey said, probably one of my favorite topics too, anything around (laughs) sleep. Um, But why don't you just maybe start off and say, you know, like, what would you say is the best sleep training method? Is there a best one um, when it comes to newborns and what is it that you recommend?
0: So when it comes to newborn phases, I would say that there actually isn't the option to quote unquote sleep train, But with that being said, we can absolutely work on laying down the foundation for um, good sleep habits for a newborn. So um, basically, the newborn's brain isn't fully equipped with the full cycles um, or stages that make up the sleep cycle. And because of that, um, newborn sleep is very unpredictable, So um, at first, you know, the first few weeks, they may sleep anywhere from, you know, a few minutes to three hours at a time. And so that's very normal. By about six to eight weeks, you start seeing like the melatonin or the sleepy hormone production happen. And that's when newborns can start really um, putting a day versus a nighttime sleep together, um, and so usually around three to four months is where they go through that brain transition more towards an adult sleep cycle where they start having stages of cycles. And that's ideally when you can can sleep train. So for the newborn stage, I really recommend a gradual approach. So by all means, doing as much comfort and support and cuddles and, and picking up but by all means, you can certainly start to gradually transition to laying them down and capturing appropriate times where we can see if newborns can put themselves to sleep or fall asleep on their own.
2: Interesting. Yeah, that's, I mean, I have, so I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old and that's, but it's funny you say that because that's, I feel like for the first four weeks, it's like, do what you can, but basically survive. And then you can, like around that six to eight, six to eight week mark, you could almost see that they were falling into their own little patterns.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why um, you know, you'll hear you know, people say, Don't try really anything for the first six weeks. And and that's not necessarily true. You can start trying some things, but ideally at about six weeks is you see this big change where they mm. seem to settle in a little bit more and you, you know, can get lucky and see a baby sleeping through the night by eight weeks. But realistically, you're looking more around that third month after they go through that transition where you can start working on those skills and, and they can consolidate sleep at that point.
1: Wow. Sleeping through the night at eight weeks. That sounds like a dream.
0: <laughs> absolutely I have had several newborn clients that that hat we have achieved that they've been rock stars oh. but yes it is certainly possible
1: oh wow well let's hope that's what happens for me <laughs> that happened
2: to <laughs> me <laughs> bae there's hope oh, yeah. Uh yeah yeah
1: I don't know yeah. we'll see I'm just gonna <laughs> go with take it. it one thing at a time <laughs> I
2: guess <laughs> don't <laughs> set yourself don't set the expectations too high
1: so if you If you don't have a baby that sleeps at eight weeks, let's (laughs) just say that, what are some tips that you have when a newborn literally refuses to sleep or you just feel like you're trying everything and it's just not happening?
0: So I'm sure every mom can relate to this. At some point in time, we've all been here. You just have days where you're you're like, why won't this kid sleep? But um, the wor- one of the worst things probably is an overtired newborn, um, because mm-hmm. that's what a newborn's job is to do, is to basically eat, sleep, and poop. <laughs> um, and so if you have a newborn that is refusing to sleep, by all means, you're you should be trying anything to get that newborn to sleep. And so we we call these kind of emergency methods. Um, And the probably the most common ones are, you know, depending on the weather would be a stroller ride. So getting outside a stroller, the movement, um, and just the fresh air can sometimes help kind of relax them or get them to, to calm down. And then the other big one that everyone really tries is is car rides. So by all means, if you're trying everything, put that baby in the car seat and go for a car ride, bearing the fact that hopefully your baby likes car rides. But (laughs) um, this is certainly what a lot of people revert to. And that's why you hear so many people saying, oh, we spend so much time driving around for those first few weeks. But um, the other thing that you could try especially if your baby is very dependent on um, mom and physical contact is to try like a sling or a wearable carrier and wear the baby um, and just kind of walk back and forth, um, you know, for however long it takes to hopefully get um, your baby to fall asleep.
2: Oh, wow. Carrie, did you ever have to do any of that? Oh, man. Caitlin was she um, I had no problem with like sleeping at night once you've got them there. But like Caitlin had these, we called them I okay. mean, it was like the witching. I know everyone right. has these like the witching hour. And it was like from, but hers was like a two hour stint. And I'm not kidding from like, it was like eight to 10 every single night. It was like all out, do whatever you can. And I, I wore her in a sling. For I think most of her six the first six months of her life, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: I mean, that's we were that way with Drake, same type of thing, his witching hours more like. Uh, seven to 9pm. And he liked bouncing. And so yes. several weeks, we were just walking around bouncing him up and down um, to get him through that. And we were thinking, are we ever gonna not have to do this? But um, there's <laughs> a time, but certainly anything we were trying to get him to sleep. Caitlin, like deep
2: squats, like I had to go like, Elevator deep squat down in this leg. I had legs of steel back then. It was great. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> called it the pop lock and drop it. Remember? <laughs> That's
1: right. <laughs> and I still do that with like our other nieces um, who are small. All, if they're like, you know, crying, I'll do pop lock and drop it. It <laughs> works. I swear. Babies love it. It's funny that you say um, go outside too because Kevin and I were on a late walk last night after dinner and it was still light outside here around like – 830. Um, and our neighbors actually had a baby in April. And I noticed that he was outside with him, like kind of rocking him outside. And I was wondering, hmm, I wonder if he's having trouble sleeping because I've like never seen them do that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, maybe that's what they were doing. It would make total sense. Sometimes yeah. just a good change of
0: scenery is what they need. So mm-hmm by all means, just changing it up a little
1: bit. Mm-hmm. I gave him the wave and just walked by. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm not going to go over there and, you know, try to ooh and I'll add him it's just not. in case. <laughs> Funny. Well, those are great tips. Those are great. Keep those in mind.
2: Well, we kind of, I know you mentioned there's, you know, for the newborn, like until six weeks, it's just, it's not really a strict schedule. It's kind of s- implementing those little habits. But after the newborn stage, like six to eight or even a little bit farther along. Do you recommend like a strict schedule? Pretty much, you know, like once you figure out what it is, stay strict or more of a go with the flow attitude. So I am a big believer in schedules. Amen,
1: sister. (laughs) (laughs) I knew Carrie was going to like that. Yes. Yes. With
0: that being said, I would take the word strict out of Mm -hmm. that a little bit. So um. I think that, and, and actually science has proven this as well, that babies in general thrive on routine. Um, and so the newborn phase is still an opportunity to start developing that. So with the newborns, I don't necessarily think strict is the right approach in the fact that there's still so much inconsistency, specifically with daytime sleep and naps. Um, and so I feel like you can get your kids on a more strict schedule once they're kind of on a predictable nap schedule. Um, but as far as the newborns go, because the daytime naps sometimes will be inconsistent, that doesn't allow you to nail down bedtime. Mm -hmm. Um, right away. And so with that being said, I definitely don't think that it's realistic to have a newborn on a strict schedule, but I also think that they should be on a routine or you should be working towards a routine so that by eight to 12 weeks, you know, you can start working towards what an ideal bedtime will be for them. And so um, I think working on a a consistent bedtime and a consistent wake time and then kind of going off that at first and then working towards more consistent daytime sleep can certainly get you there by three to four months.
2: That's what Nat, like that's, I feel like um, I was like adamant, obviously about my kids getting on a schedule and like getting naps into their day. Um, Bailey, I'm sure you remember this. I just have, you know, right when they're born, you have all these family members that are like, it doesn't matter. You know, if they don't sleep during the day, they'll sleep at night. I'm like, no, that's not the way this works. (laughs) I've tried that and they're not, they're overly tired. So I was like adamant about like, it is nap time. Like she naps best in her room and it like, it does like, you know, but that's, I mean, your, your point of your life is to raise your child at this age. But I mean, we were, we were like, okay, at nap time, we need to be in this location in the crib because that's where she sleeps best. Because I mean, I saw it. If you don't get them on some kind of pattern, I mean, it wasn't exactly the same time every day, but pretty close. Um, it was a mess at night.
0: Yeah. Yep absolutely we used to always tell family you know you're not the one that unfortunately has to deal with them yes right <laughs> yeah true yeah you're all over the place so what i tend to tell you know clients that i work with is you know to work towards like an 80 20 um so 80% of the time you're really trying to stick to a good routine and um you're trying to stick with that routine at home and then maybe 20% of the time you're out and about um so So, you know, specifically, I love to really encourage your earlier daytime morning naps at home. And then if you have to go out and about and you have to do kind of car naps or on the go naps to leave those for later in the day or afternoon. Um, because certainly for mom's well-being to getting out of the house and getting things done and running errands that can help with that too. So really just trying to stick with routine, um, with knowing that there should be a little bit of
1: flexibility in there. Mm-hmm. And I've, I mean, obviously I don't have a baby earth side yet, but my friends who do, I mean, they'll, they're pretty much on a schedule and they'll be like, okay, well I can, you know hang out until this time or I can meet you at this time, but then I have to go because, you know, so-and-so has to get to bed or has to take a nap. And I, they're like, because then I'm not going to get any sleep at night yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. if they're off their routine. So it makes total sense. Yeah. And, and the,
2: Oh, the sorry, more, go ahead, Kendra.
0: The more routine that your your child becomes, the more they look forward to that. I mean, my son kind of knows when bedtime is now. He knows that it's nap time after lunch. And so, um, you know, if you work towards that, the children tend to predict what's going to happen next. And it becomes much easier for them. They they tend to not want to fight you as much um, because they look forward to that.
2: Kendra, when you're working with someone then, so when you work with your clients, is that do you just kind of – is that like what you – was like if someone would come to you and say, I need help, is that what you do is you kind of like look at their day and help them form what a schedule would look like specific to their child?
0: Yes, that's part of what I do. So definitely taking into account what the family wants for their child and, and if they're willing to go on a set schedule or routine, I work with them um, on that, um, and more so to consolidate their night sleep. So, okay, a lot of time, yeah. people, childs are not sleeping through the night and daytime naps are kind of erratic and all over the place. but actually a lot of that, yeah, is inconsistent. these in schedules and and that type of thing. So I do uh, a plan to get them to consolidate night sleep and improve daytime sleep, but in that we definitely work really hard on scheduling.
1: Cool. That's great. Well, that was all very good information.
2: I feel like I feel like Mm -hmm. that
1: there's gonna be a lot of people that that resonates with, or maybe if they're you know not on a schedule, they might think, oh, you know, I don't have to be on a strict schedule, but some type of routine or schedule might help. So, absolutely. So I know we've talked a lot about you know kind of scheduling and kind of maybe what methods you know might work, but I know for me in particular, and probably a lot of you know new parents, we're always really worried about safety during sleep because it's new to us and just something, you know, we've never done before. So what are the most important sleep safety guidelines to remember for new parents or just parents in general?
0: When it comes to this, I always really quote the American Academy of Pediatrics. Um, I kind of follow along their recommendations, which um, I know a lot of hospitals, when you leave, they usually give you some form of packet or book that kind of goes over these things. But I'll kind of just highlight some of the things um, that I go off of and maybe some big points that I get asked a lot. Mm-hmm. So the main thing always is, you know, back sleeping. So when we're putting Mm -hmm. our babies down, they should always put them, we should put them on their back. Um, And that's been looked at over the years and scientifically proven. The mattress definitely needs to be firm um, and really no loose objects in the crib or around the crib. So a lot of parents love to have their nurseries look beautiful. And so great and they have a lot of things hanging over the crib like mobiles and things like that and really i love to say the boring the the, the more boring the better so mm-hmm. really removing anything around the crib that could potentially become a hazard or even an option that could overstimulate your baby when it's time to sleep mm-hmm. um I also believe that swaddling is great in the newborn phase, but I do think there are times where people swaddle too long. So, you know, ideally around the eight week mark is when you can start seeing um, your baby's showing signs of rolling, but by all means, when you're starting to see those signs, you have to get your baby out of the swaddle. So if they're even getting themselves on their side, it's time to really transition out of that swaddle. And so sometimes that's a big pitfall as people wanting to hang on to that too long. Mm. Um, the other big ones are if your baby is, you know, sleeping in something other than a, a, a crib or bassinet on their back, like a car seat, a swing, something upright, you definitely do not want to leave them without supervision to do so. Mm -hmm. And then um, probably the two biggest questions or misconceptions per se that I get is, you know, everyone says, well, you should never move a sleeping baby. So if they get themselves into a position, don't go in and move them. And that's true, except for there are some occasions when babies have started rolling and they've only mastered one direction. So say your baby is able to get back to belly, but you haven't really seen them consistently get belly to back. And so those are times where you would need to go in and move your baby and you would need to move him or her back onto his back until he's pro- he or she's proven to you that, you know, they can roll very easily in both directions. So that is a big question that I get a lot. And then the other one is about pacifiers. So I get the question, you know, there's this um, science that shows that a pacifier can potentially reduce the risk of SIDS. But my baby hates a pacifier. And so certainly if your baby takes a pacifier, you continue to offer the pacifier and he or she will take it, then by all means for the first six months of life, that's totally fine. But if your baby's constantly spitting it out or has no interest, you don't have to make your baby love a pacifier.
1: Good to know. Yeah, that's all good information. And it seems like I'm just thinking about like even – from my mom telling me when I was a baby she's like it's so different now so it seems like they've made so many different changes even over the last like 30 years about safe sleep which I just think is really interesting but it sounds like um, they've like you said they've been doing a lot of science and research on this and it goes to show that like back is best and you know the swaddling and all that so just super informative
0: yeah, and certainly, you know, the American Academies of Pediatrics is great at kind of keeping up on that, and they mm-hmm. have references if anyone ever, you know, wants to know if things have
2: changed. Um, certainly, that's a great resource. That's <laughs> Bailey. That's funny you say that because that I remember when I decorated Kate's room. Like I did, um, Kendra, like you said, it was very boring. It was a white crib. You know, there's no bumpers, there's no <laughs> ruffles, there's no. And my grandma, the first thing she said to you was. This just doesn't feel like a nursery. I was like, times have changed.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> they definitely have.
2: That's a no-go.
1: <laughs> and then she's probably said something like, Well, you survived, didn't you? Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, no, we know, we know a lot now. <laughs> Would rather be safe now. I'd rather be up to date, right?
2: <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, Kendra, we have one more question that we always like to ask all of our guests before we wrap it up. And that is if you could share one messy mom moment that you can remember. So give us the messiest moment you have with (laughs) little Drake. (laughs) And if you don't have one, you can give us some advice for mamas and how they can embrace the messy.
0: Oh, I have lots of I figured. <laughs> toddler boys. So this just actually happened. And I wrote this in his baby book because I will probably never forget this, but just in case. So um, he's turning to next month and he's, you know, starting to show some signs that he may be ready for potty training. So he will definitely tell us, you know, when he has to go. Sometimes it's right when he's going. Other times it's like a minute before he goes, but um you know this is definitely one area that I haven't researched or read about and so I'm really just going into this blind but I'm like all right I'll you know attempt to start you know putting him on the potty and entertaining every time he has to tell me. So um the other day he tells me he has to go poop and so I'm like okay so I sit him on the potty And, you know, to keep him there, we have to entertain him with books, which I don't know if is the right thing. But so he's reading books and it's been 10 or 15 minutes. He hasn't gone. And I'm like, okay. And so I said, do you have to go? No. So I take him off the potty and i literally say i got to go get you a new diaper and within 2 seconds i turn around and he is pooping all over the floor <laughs> <laughs> and so i'm one, that's messy yeah one side i'm like i'm wanting to think no 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 but i'm also like you know wanting to encourage him like yes you're so close to the potty and you're definitely picking up these cues and so i'm i'm going over to grab a diaper and i'm trying to like you know coordinate all of this and I look over and then my dog is attempting to eat it <laughs> oh no. and I'm thinking oh my gosh I have this toddler now with a poopy butt, poop on the floor my dog it was a mess and I was like is it time for a drink yet it's nine in the morning <laughs> yes
2: the answer is yes <laughs> oh wow
0: yeah that's so- and- Absolutely messy. But I have a feeling there's going to be many more moments like this. Um, But and and that just goes to like my main advice for moms is it's okay to admit that you don't have all the answers because I'm probably a little clueless with this new stage of potty training and I'm going to muddy my way through it. But it's also okay to ask for
2: help. That's awesome. That's, that's that's definitely a messy moment, (laughs) (laughs) but I totally agree. It's like, you don't, no one has the answers to everything. Right.
1: You probably just have to figure it out on your own sometimes. I'm assuming.
0: (laughs) Yep. Or, or yeah. Ask for, ask for help. Yeah. Ask for help and, and get through
2: it. (laughs) Kendra this was so helpful you have a very soothing voice too has anyone ever told you that
0: (laughs) Actually, weirdly a lot of people tell me that um, a lot of people said it's so like not surprising that
1: you do what you do
0: because you're so soothing I've been told that so many times I
1: was gonna say that's great for like a sleep (laughs) someone who you know
2: specializes in infant sleep yeah yeah Well, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. I know that lots of mamas who are listening to this have learned a lot from you, not only from um, the aspect of how to handle sleep and what to do, but um, also the safe sleep chips were just were awesome. So if our listeners want to find more, um, where can they find you?
0: So you can find me on Facebook at my Dovely Dreams page. I'm also on Instagram. Um, My handle is at Dovely Dreams Sleep. And I do have a nice newborn checklist on my social media that you can go and grab to kind of set you off on the right foot. And then I also have um, a website. It's www.doveledreams.com, and also on my website I do provide a, a free checklist for exhausted parents. So definitely get on there and check that out.
2: Yes, we'll put that in the show notes too. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening, we'll go. We'll put those resources in so you can check them out because, yes, checklist for exhaustion. We need it. <laughs> Blue we yeah. need it. I'll remember that too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Write that down, Bay.
1: <laughs> yes,
2: I will. I am such a
0: checklist person. I don't know. I'm sure there's other fellow checklisters out there, but I'm totally a
2: checklist Me person. Too. Well, awesome. Thank you again, Kendra. This has been awesome. Um, and for you out there listening, if you are loving this podcast and finding it informative, Please rate, review and subscribe and pass us along to another mom friend, especially this episode, because we could all use a lot more sleep in our life. Um, But that's all from us for today. So until next time, we will talk to you soon, mamas.